The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reid in Beijing. Here's the news. China's first onshore membrane liquefied natural gas, or LNG, storage tank has supplied a total of 40 million cubic meters of natural gas to help residents in North China get through the winter. That's according to its operator, PetroChina. It marks an important step towards the country's goal on carbon emissions to peak carbon dioxide emissions before 2030 and achieve carbon neutrality before 2060. The tank based in North China's Hebei province has a total capacity of 29,000 cubic meters and can meet the gas demands of 800,000 urban residents. With a daily gas supply capacity of 1 million cubic meters, the storage tank has supplied 40 million cubic meters of natural gas since it began operation in October 2022. Under a national LNG emergency storage project, China has built 11 LNG storage tanks, one LNG carrier berth, and 215 kilometers of pipeline, capable of storing 1.2 billion cubic meters of natural gas for emergency use. Membrane LNG tanks save 90% of steel usage and 27% of carbon emission compared with conventional ones. This is Special English. Sales of new energy vehicles in China surged in February amid the country's efforts to promote automobile consumption. Data from the China Passenger Car Association showed the retail sales of China's new energy passenger cars expanded 61% year-on-year to 439,000 units in February. The overall retail sales of passenger cars in China also rose 10.4% year-on-year to reach 1.39 million units in the same month. The boom in China's new energy vehicle sector came as the world's second-largest economy rolled out a raft of policy incentives to spur the development of new energy vehicles.
China has been implementing the purchase tax exemption policy since 2014 to shore up the development of the NEV sector. In September 2022, it extended the preferential tax policy to the end of 2023. According to the China Association of Automobile Manufacturers, China's auto sales expanded 13.5% year on year to nearly 1.98 million units. In February, you're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reid in Beijing. Hong Kong saw 1.46 million visitors in February, exceeding the monthly 1 million mark for the first time since February 2020. As the share of tourists continued to grow, according to data from the Hong Kong Tourism Board, the number of Chinese mainland visitors jumped to more than 1.1 million in February, up from 280,000 in the previous month. The rebound comes after normal travel between Hong Kong and the mainland fully resumed on February 6th. Data showed in February, non-mainland travelers to Hong Kong rose from 220,000 to 350,000 with short-distance visits, mainly made by people. From Southeast Asia, the Hong Kong Tourism Board said the MTR Corporation will give away 100,000 airport express tickets, 100,000 tourist day passes, and 100,000 coupons, each worth 30 yuan for high-speed rail tickets to attract visitors. To Hong Kong, the number of stores participating in promotion activities will also be increased from about 1,500 at present to about 3,000 starting April. This is special English. The Saudi Tourism Authority recently held a series of events in Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou to promote the country's natural scenery, rich culture, and heritage. Al Hassan Al Dabah, the tourism bureau's Asia Pacific president. Said he and his colleagues are delighted to showcase the beauty of Saudi Arabia and its diverse tourism offerings across China. The Saudi Tourism Authority is committed to ensuring its product offerings are attractive to the Chinese market. He added. 
that China is one of the world's largest outbound markets, and they're going to do a lot of marketing campaigns for this strategic market. Saudi Arabia aims to attract 3.9 million visitors from China annually by 2030, and it's expected that China will be its third top source market by then. To simplify the application process for foreign travelers, Saudi Arabia introduced the e-visa program. In 2019, allowing eligible citizens to apply for their visa online three days before the planned travel, foreign tourists who fly to Saudi Arabia with Saudi Airlines can have a 96-hour stopover visa and a complimentary one-night hotel stay there. Aldaba says the Tourism Bureau is working with its partner to provide customized services that address the different needs of Chinese travelers, providing them with delightful experiences of adventure, culture, heritage, and nature. Young people can have desert adventures and engage in sports. Such as hot air ballooning and ziplining, he encourages Chinese travelers to venture beyond the hotels and interact with locals to experience the friendly and safe environment. The country is home to six UNESCO World Heritage sites and many archaeological sites. Besides exploring the cities and mountains, visitors can go deep sea fishing as well as dive and snorkel in the Red Sea that boasts vibrant coral reefs. Aldabah notices that Chinese and Saudi Arabian people share common values rooted in family, respect for elders. And a sense of community that unites them. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. Are you one of the many looking to improve your English language skills by watching films or TV shows but feel it's too fast or get lost in the words? We'll slow things down with Special English. Where you can polish your reading, listening, and pronunciation at your own pace. Get caught up with current news and international affairs while getting your daily English lesson with us. Find us on Apple Podcast by searching for Special English. The Hubei Provincial Museum in Wuhan City has recently completed. The digital sampling of its 2,400-year-old Zhenghouyi chime bells, consisting of 65 bells, the set was unearthed in 1978 from the tomb 
of Zheng Hou-yi, a ruler of the Zheng state during the Warring States period more than 2,000 years ago in Suizhou City, central China's Hubei province. It is by far the largest, heaviest, best-preserved, and finest set of chime bells ever unearthed in China, representing the pinnacle of bronze musical instrument making at the time. In a bid to protect this valuable relic, the original version has only been played three times, with the latest samplings collected from an accurate replica. Luo Le, composer of the Chime Bell Orchestra of Hubei Provincial Museum, said the orchestra has collected 613 sound samplings, striking the front and sides of each bell with varying levels of intensity. Luo added, using digital techniques to protect ancient instruments represents the latest use of innovative technology. This not only preserves the appearance of the original instrument, but also records its sounds from time immemorial. The collected samples have already been used in an online concert, offering audiences an immersive experience of this ancient instrument. As the sounds of the bells have been made available on a mini-program on WeChat, composition lovers can create their own melodies just by clicking on the various chimes and arranging them together. The museum will also record the sounds of other ancient instruments among its collection. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. Beijing has green-lighted the commercial operation of autonomous driving service without in-car safety supervisors for the first time. The first batch of two fully driverless ride-hailing platforms, which were operated respectively by Chinese tech giant Baidu and autonomous vehicle startup Pony AI, received approval after a three-month pilot program on public roads. The pilot program involved the unmanned autonomous vehicle's ability to deal with complex scenarios such as intersections, narrow roadways, as well as extreme weather conditions like rain, snow, and sandstorms. Previously, safety supervisors were required to stay in the driver's seats, passenger seats, or second-row seats when the vehicles underwent road tests and commercial 
operation. The permit allows Baidu and Pony AI to provide fully driverless rides without a safety supervisor aboard in a 60 square kilometer area of the Beijing Economic Technological Development Area. Residents can summon a driverless car without a safety supervisor inside to travel to various destinations, such as subway stations, key commercial areas, public parks, and residential communities through mobile applications. This is Special English. With roughly six months to go until the 19th Asian Games open in Hangzhou, China's athletes across a wide range of sports, from table tennis to breakdancing, are seizing every second in their preparations amid hopes of shining at the quadrennial games. For China's all-conquering table tennis squad, anything but repeating their haul of five titles at the 2018 Asian Games in Jakarta, Indonesia, will be considered a failure. Prior to the September 23rd to October 8th Asian Games, Chinese paddlers face another. Tough test, the World Table Tennis Championships Finals, which is slated for May 20th through the 28th in Durban, South Africa. According to Liu Guoliang, president of the Chinese Table Tennis Association, the two major tournaments this year. Will offer the association opportunities to observe and select suitable players for the Paris 2024 campaign. China has won 32 out of the possible 37 gold medals since table tennis debuted at the Olympic Games in 1988. Liu. Formerly a multiple Olympic and world champion, said that China is strongly in contention for another clean sweep of all titles next year in Paris, while admitting the challenge will be huge. He said the key is to select a squad that has the biggest strength and can handle the pressure. The Chinese diving squad, another perennial dominant team in the Olympic stage, held a test competition at the end of February to fine-tune their form ahead of the new season. In addition to the World Aquatics Diving World Cups in Xi'an, Montreal, and Berlin. Chinese divers will also compete in the World Aquatics Championships in Fukuoka, Japan, in July, 
and the Hangzhou Asian Games. Team manager Zhou Jihong commented that due to the tight schedule, mentally the team needs to make comprehensive preparations and adjust athletes to the atmosphere of major tournaments. For rising tennis star Wu Yibing, who was born and grew up in Hangzhou, the will to win the Asian Games gold is even stronger. Wu rose to fame in February when he claimed the ATP Dallas Open title, becoming the first Chinese mainland player to lift an ATP Tour trophy. The 23-year-old said, since he's a Hangzhou native, he hopes to win the Asian gold at home. Equestrian writer Alex Hua Tien, who is set to make his third Asian Games appearance in Hangzhou, savored a big win to start a big year. The 33-year-old writer said there is a lot to do this year. The most important thing is to take heart, but keep composure and keep working hard. Liu Qingyi, who pocketed silver at the 2022 WDSF World Breaking Championships last October, continued her fine form with a resounding victory at the Breaking for Gold World Series 2023, the first Olympic points event in breakdancing this year. The 17-year-old prodigy has set her goal this year as qualifying for the 2024 Paris Olympics as early as possible, with her mind already on a podium finish at the Games. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. That's the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read one of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. The Hubei Provincial Museum in Wuhan City has recently completed the digital sampling of its 2,400-year-old Zhonghoyi chime bells. Consisting of 65 bells, the set was unearthed in 1978 from the tomb of Zhonghoyi, a ruler of the Zheng State during the Warring States period more than 2,000 years ago in Suizhou City, central China's Hubei province. It is by far the largest, heaviest, best-preserved, and finest set of chime bells ever unearthed in China, representing the pinnacle of bronze musical instrument making at the time. In a bid to protect this valuable relic, the original version has only been played three times, with the latest samplings collected from an accurate replica. Luo Le, composer of the chime bell orchestra of Hubei Provincial Museum, said, the orchestra has collected 613 sound samplings, striking the front and sides of each bell with varying levels of intensity. Luo added, using digital techniques to protect ancient instruments represents the latest use of innovative technology. 
This not only preserves the appearance of the original instrument, but also records its sound from time immemorial. The collected samples have already been used in an online concert, offering audiences an immersive experience of this ancient instrument. The museum will also record the sounds of other ancient instruments among its collection. This is the end of today's program. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing, and I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace. <laughs>